Is my sin covered by Jesus' blood? Some years ago, during a conversation with another brother, he asked for my thoughts on whether Jesus' blood covers or cleanses. And I thought, is this even worthwhile talking about? I mean, isn't this just a trivial matter of word preference? And doesn't covered just mean something like it's taken care of anyways? As time went on, I started to hear things about sin in the lives of believers and how God doesn't see our sin because Jesus' blood covers them. I've heard all sorts of creative analogies along with Old Testament references basically saying the same thing. Our sins are hiding underneath Jesus' blood. And I realized that this was not being referred to in the past tense, but in the present. And I felt immediately chastened by the Spirit If this is true, then this is a full license to sin. I mean, if I'm covered by the blood, then I can do anything. As a child of God, I can sin boldly, as Martin Luther taught, because God doesn't see my sin anyways. What's the point of living and overcoming life? If you get angry, it's okay. It's covered by the blood. If you look at someone lustfully, it's covered by the blood. If you tell a lie, what about sins of omission? The list can just go on. And how far would that list go? Fornication? Adultery? Murder? It would all be covered by the blood. And so I started to ask myself all sorts of questions. If it's covered by the blood, then why repent? What's the point? Okay, so is this a new theory? Well, turns out it's not new at all. Way back in the 1500s, the Reformers taught that our sins are covered and protected by the blood of Christ to keep us safe from the wrath of God. Martin Luther did have one requirement, though, for the blood. You must have a dead faith. Now, why do I say that? Because he arrogantly argued the concept of faith alone, which James says is a dead faith. But actually, over 1,000 years before the Reformers, we find that Augustine specifically said that God covers sins so that he does not see them. So the thinking's been around for about 1,600 years. But here's the underlying problem. If our sins are covered, that means they're all still there. So is there any reference to our sins covered by the blood of Jesus in the New Testament? Well, the answer is no. But there is a verse that some will point to, and that's found in Romans chapter 4, verse 7, where we read, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So isn't this basically saying our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus? Well, this is a direct quote from the Old Testament, Psalm 32, 1. And take note, the blood of Jesus isn't mentioned here. The entire context here surrounding Romans 4-7 is not to illustrate Christ's work on the cross. He explained that in the previous chapter, specifically in verse 25, and that is where he mentions the blood of Christ. Rather, Paul specifically tells us why he quoted from David in the previous verse, where he says, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. He's explaining the righteousness of, which is of faith, not works, and to further illustrate that he goes on to speak of the faith reckoned to Abraham for righteousness without circumcision. So I want to take a minute and mention something briefly regarding the word atonement. 
There are various theories out there on the atonement, and I don't want to spend time here comparing them all or explaining which theory I feel is the most accurate. What I want to say is this. The word atonement implies a covering. Actually, the first time this word is used in the Bible is found in Genesis 6.14. It's translated as the word pitch in speaking of how Noah was to cover the ark. Interesting side note, in the New Testament, Peter references Noah and the flood where he says, When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was it preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Note, he doesn't say the ark saved them. He says the water did. Why do you think that is? Okay, back to the word atonement. Do a word search in your New Testament. How many times do you find it? Now, in the Old Testament, you'll find it mentioned plenty of times, especially in Leviticus. But what about the New? In the King James Version, it's mentioned only one time. And not even in Hebrews, where you might think it should be. It's found in Romans 5.11. And there, it does not imply a covering but reconciliation, and that is a New Testament concept. I bring this up mainly as a cautionary note. Do not be deceived by borrowing Old Testament atonement models and applying them to the sacrifice of Christ. For it is not possible, we read in Hebrews 10, that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Picture for a moment all the sacrifices, all the bloodshed, as the people of God longed for a Messiah every morning, every afternoon, every day for hundreds of years. Hebrews 10, verses 11 through 12. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Notice that the priest stood daily, but this man sat down. It is finished. By offering his own blood, we have redemption. Our conscience is purged, and our sin can finally be taken away. Matthew one twenty one says, And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Acts 22.16 Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. 1 John 3.5 And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Now there's one more closely related theory to be aware of, and that is the idea of a continual cleansing of Jesus' blood. And essentially, it's the same thing. Those who hold this view may see the error in Jesus' blood as a covering for our sins, and they understand the blood cleanses, washes, takes away our sin, but they will apply this cleansing continually throughout the believer's life. Support for this is taken from 1 John 1, 7, where he says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. They focus on the word cleanseth and say the word is in the present tense. And this is absolutely true. It wasn't limited to the time Jesus was on the cross. 
It's how we're able to be cleansed from our sin today through the baptismal waters. And his blood continues to have that cleansing power to all until the end of time, but only once. Not continually in a believer's life. Consider for a moment. If we need to be cleansed continually, we're implying that we're sinning continually. And this is completely contradictory to what John says in the same letter, along with the rest of the New Testament. One other example is found in Romans 3.25. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. And aside from this, if it is true that the blood of Jesus continually cleanses or covers, can you find one example of this being referred to in the New Testament? Think of all the recorded events we have in Scripture where this should have been referenced if it's true. Here's a short list to consider. Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. Simon the sorcerer in Acts 8. The restoration in Galatians 6.1. In none of these, the blood of Christ is referenced. The restoration in 2 Corinthians 2. The fornicator in 1 Corinthians 5, who Paul delivers to Satan. How about the one who sins willfully in Hebrews 10? The blood of Christ is never referred to. A fornicator or profane person in Hebrews 12. The shipwreck of Hymenaeus and Alexander, who Paul also delivered to Satan in 1 Timothy 1. How about all the letters to the seven churches in Revelation? The list could go on. The covering or cleansing of the blood of Christ is not mentioned. The concept is foreign to the New Testament. What we do find in the New Testament regarding the blood of Christ is that it is not offered for those who have fallen away. Hebrews 6 and 10 teach us that it is impossible to renew a fallen one again to repentance, because they have crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh. And there is no more sacrifice of sins, but a fearful looking for judgment. So, why is it important to understand our sins aren't covered? Well, that's the wrong question. Rather, why is it important to believe we are cleansed from sin? Romans 6.22 But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end, everlasting life. John recorded a beautiful vision for us, found in Revelation 7. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they, which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. 